Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. I had a sermon ready to roll in Romans chapter 3 that was already finished and ready to preach. It was a really uh, feel-good sermon from Romans 3. Uh, If you know that chapter, you know that's not the case. But... I just, I never really ever do this, but I felt led to change it. And let me tell you why. <clears throat> On March 15, 2020, was the last normal day before our church and most others closed down for us for two months. But I don't know if you remember this, which I know you don't, it's okay. But on March 15th was the first Sunday of a four week series on complacency because what I was sensing was a complacency in my own life, complacency in our church, complacency in the church in America. And I thought, I want to talk about this. And then everything shut down. And the complacency that I was feeling before the pandemic or I was seeing before the pandemic um, has just increased. (laughs) Something's going on. It just seems like there's this lull. And I'm not necessarily saying with our congregation, but there's this lull that seems to be on Christians and on churches that we're feeling complacent, comfortable. We've gotten to new routines that are not really good. And so I feel like I'm going to revisit a text this morning that we did then that none of us really remember anyway, because I feel like the Lord wants to stir us up. So if you're ready for that, let's pray. Lord, there is nothing and no one more important than you. And I just ask that you would stir our hearts this morning to see you clearly, to follow you. And where our hearts are divided or distracted, we've let something that has happened in our circumstances lull us to sleep, wake us up this morning and do something significant in us. In Jesus' name, amen. My wife and I have gone through several workout phases in our married lives where we try different workouts to stay engaged. And we both uh, went through a boxing phase. We did not box one another, no. My wife did something called paloxing. Has anyone ever done paloxing? Okay, no one, all right? It's a combination of boxing and Pilates. Wouldn't you love to know how that came about? Maybe a fight broke out in the Pilates class and someone said Paloxing. But she was into that. And and around the same time, I started taking boxing classes, not actual boxing, but just boxing classes. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was flailing my arms and tried to coordinate my footwork. But there's one thing I did learn about boxing. You have to keep your guard up. You do. 
You're going to get clocked if you don't. You have to keep your hands up, your guard up, because you cannot go into a fight with your hands down. You're going to get smacked. You got to keep your guard up. You cannot be complacent in a fight. Now, if you think about the concept of boxing, it's a really good metaphor for life and one the Bible actually uses as a reference for discipline and training and self-control of living the Christian life. We want to be Christians who have our guard up. We're ready to fight, spiritually speaking. Fight the fight of faith. But what happens when we get our guard down? We just kind of go through the motions. We become complacent. Our walk with the Lord and our Christian life is just showing up, not really engaging. You see, when you get your guard down, that's when you can become vulnerable. And many of us have stories where we've been complacent, our guard's been down, and we've experienced the consequences. Especially this during this time of year over the next month, people let their guard down with regard to their spending. They go into debt. Maybe there's been times that you've been reckless with your words and you've hurt someone else. Or maybe you had a season where you let your guard down and you weren't walking with the Lord and now you're experiencing the consequences. Or you've lashed out at someone unconcerned about your relationships and you let your guard down and there's a lot of pain and shame that's gone along with that. But I want to say right now, where you're at, where are you vulnerable to being hit and knocked out? I guess another way I want to ask it is, where have you become complacent? Is there any area of your life where you're not engaging the way you know you should be engaging? And what tends to happen over the holidays, we get out of our routines. Some of you are traveling and things kind of get messed up in your sleep and all that. And so you're more vulnerable and you're more tempted than you would have been before. Where have you become complacent? Well, today we're going to meet a woman. And this woman is from the book of Proverbs chapter 1. And this woman, no joke, is trying to hit you and wake you up, and she is going to yell a lot. So if you look at Proverbs 1 with me, I want us to give us a kind of organization where we're going. Uh, Here's the kind of three-point thing if you want this. Um, We're going to talk about an urgent appeal to the complacent, inevitable consequences for the complacent, And then you got to reflect and decide what you're going to do. Now, I know some of you are going to listen to this message and you're going to think, this is the perfect message for my children. I'm going to send it to them. Or this is the perfect message for my grandkids. They really need to hear this. So before you pass it on, you have to say, this is the perfect message for you. Deal? Deal. All right, let's start with urgent appeal to the complacent. Look at Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1, and we'll start in verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the inner inner city, she utters her sayings. 
So here we have wisdom is personified as a woman and she is addressing passerby as they're intersecting in the city filled with people in the streets. Now, if you know the book of Proverbs, you know it's about instructing young men, particularly from uh, the father's perspective. But here we have woman wisdom. And the dad is trying to teach his son, listen to woman wisdom. And so woman wisdom is, is shouting in the streets. She's in the square where goods are being bought and sold. She's at the city gates where legal judgments were made. And she cries aloud in the streets to give reproof and counsel. And sometimes she mocks people for not listening to her. It reminds me when I was a street preacher back in the day when we lived in Santa Monica, I would go down to a place called the Promenade and I'd set up a, a microphone and have speakers and I'd be preaching on the Promenade there. Most people would ignore me. They wouldn't listen. A woman wisdom is preaching here. She's saying, are you going to listen? And she's speaking to a particular group of people called the naive or the simple ones. Look at verse 22. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Now, scholars point out here that woman wisdom is addressing the naive or the simple ones. And and she hopes that they're going to embrace wisdom. Because if you notice that the scoffers and the fools have hardened their heart beyond response, but there is still hope for the simple and the naive. It's as if the the woman is saying to the simple ones and naive ones, don't go that direction. There is wisdom in falling in my path. And the simple or the naive tend to be complacent. They are immature or they're apathetic, they're gullible, or they're generally uncommitted. And the problem of the simple ones, they're, they're just drifting They're just going through life without reflecting on what they're doing. You could say they're naively content. Ray Ortland says they don't live with urgency. And that may describe some of you in here where you don't live with urgency. You're just coasting through life and not engaging the things that you're supposed to be engaging in, not following the Lord the way you're supposed to be following him, And you're not engaging the Lord. So I'm going to ask you this question. How long is that going to last? I heard a story this week, and I don't don't know if it's true. People say stuff. I assume it's true, but maybe not. It's about pilgrims. It's Thanksgiving. I thought I'd tell you a story about pilgrims. So this guy was telling a story about pilgrims. And he said, they sailed here back in the day, and they did much work in building towns, and they built churches. And they did all this great work. They set up law. They set up a variety of structures. But then it came time for the pilgrims to vote on whether to extend a road westward. And as they were voting to extend this road westward, it was going to be about five miles long, okay? So the vote came and they voted it down. Here's a group of people that has traveled across the ocean, risk their lives, and they don't want to vote on a little dinky road going five miles west. And historians said that these people sailed across oceans and they could see across the ocean. 
but they could not see five miles. I want you to think about your life. Reflect back. Most of you are over 67 years old. You've done great things in your life in the past. Have you got to a point now where you say, all my greatness and risk for Jesus is in the past, but not now? You know that our church is doing a building program. We're going to renovate this whole area. We're going to upgrade it. And it's going to be awesome. And most people in here have given money to this. But some of you are holding out. Some of you have been involved in multi-million dollar projects at your last church. And this simple renovation we're asking you to give to, you're not given. You had great faith in the past, but now that's gone away. Maybe there were some times in your past where you were sharing the gospel, you were excited about Jesus, but now it's gone away. Have you become complacent? How long will it last? And you know there's consequences of complacency. You may think, well, I could just become complacent for a year or two, a month or two, and it's no big deal. But it is a big deal. And let's talk about some of the consequences. This brings us to point number two. Look at verse 24. Verse 24, because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention and you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Now the father's trying to teach his son here of the consequences of rejecting wisdom. If you laugh at calamity, she's gonna laugh at you. If you ignore the counsel, she'll ignore you. And so we hear we have reproof and mock and dread is coming. And this is really jarring imagery. And I know know some of you have made some serious, significant mistakes in the past and there's grace and mercy and forgiveness in Jesus. But here, go with the flow of the text And let's engage a little bit of what the consequences are for neglecting wisdom. Verse 28. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. Now they're calling out for wisdom. Wisdom, please help me. But get this, my brothers and sisters. Wisdom is not retroactive. It's not retroactive. We can't say, okay, I've fallen into this. Now I want wisdom to come back to me. It's like a a scene I saw of a a burglar, um, Robert. He bust into a convenience store, robbed, and now he's trying to exit the store, but the owner locked the doors. He had some... uh, mechanism and you see the robber banging and kicking and begging the owner to let him out of the store saying, I'm sorry, I take it all back. Wisdom is not retroactive. You can't say, okay, now I'm going to be wise. I, I take it all back. Yes, there is forgiveness. Yes, there is grace. My brothers and sisters, you reap what you sow. Galatians chapter 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. And I don't want to see a show of hands, but I know some of you right now are reaping what you have sown in your marriage, with your kids, with your finances, and you, and you are feeling it land on you. And you'd love for your kids and your grandkids not to go down the same path that you went down. Because there are consequences to living a life of complacency. And this brings us to a decision point. You see two paths, the wise path and the foolish path. You have to reflect and decide which path you're going to take. So let's look at verses 32 and 33. Reflect and decide. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. It's almost as if this whole warning was a preemptive strike. It's a warning to scare the youth from living a complacent, non-committed life. And he has to reflect on what he has heard and decide if he's going to go to the path of complacency or pursue the path of wisdom. And my brothers and sisters, it is a matter of life and death. And ultimately, for those who have not trusted Christ, it is a matter of death and eternal separation from him. And it's interesting when you, when you talk to a church, especially in the Bible Belt, especially in Arkansas, especially among this demographic, you always assume everybody is on board with Jesus. When the reality is that there are, non, there are people here that are non-committed to Christ. They're complacent. They show up because their spouse shows up or they show up because they've always shown up. And the question I have for you this morning is, what's it going to take to make you commit your life to Christ? What's it going to take? How long will it last? Heaven and hell are real. Jesus is real. Really rose from the dead. Really here to save. How long will it take and what will it take to wake you up? And you may not think this is very important, but it is. I'll tell you what. Friday night, Georgie Mulkey that many of us love and care for, she went to go be with the Lord. I was with her and those who love her. And I'll tell you what. There is great sadness and grief but I, I was there when she went to be with the Lord and her friends are sad. They were talking about joy. They were talking about Jesus. They were talking about eternal life. And when you come to the end of your life, as sad as it may be, will there be hope? Will there be joy? Will they hope and joy with your family members or are they gonna just have to make something up? Well, I guess he's in a better place now. What's it going to take to wake you up, to put your faith in Jesus, to turn your back on foolishness and follow Christ? And for those of you who are following Jesus and you have trusted Jesus Christ, are there certain things you're dabbling in right now that you need to leave behind? It may be some type of sexual morality and you need to leave that behind. And you're going to put that off. I know some people are probably putting off dealing with stuff until the new year. It's as if you can hear a message like this and you say, well, I need to be reconciled with someone, but I'm going to wait till January and make a New Year's resolution. 
to reconcile with them. No, no, today is the day to deal with stuff. Today is the day to wake up and follow Christ and be all in and no longer go through the motions. Because if we have individuals who go through the motions, we have churches that go through the motions. And we don't want to be that. We don't want to say, all my great days following Jesus are behind me and I'm just ready to be with the Lord and so I'm going to just coast until that happens. No, no, we got to wake up. You were here for a reason. You did not just move to the, the village to recreate. You are here. God has called you here to be engaged with Christ and to serve him and his people. It's not time to be complacent. Well, I told you that I was in a boxing class. And I want to tell you, to be honest with you, while I was in this boxing class, I also dabbled in a workout uh, for cage fighting. Now, the moral of this story is don't mess with your pastor, all right? (laughs) Now, I don't know much about cage fighting, but there's one thing I do know. You're caged in. There's a cage around you. And you're either going to fight or you're going to get beat up. My brothers and sisters, you may not feel it, but you are caged in. And you have to deal with what's in front of you. And there's some things that you're not dealing with with the Lord. You want to say, get right with the Lord, repent, find forgiveness. That is for today. Today is a day salvation for some of you. Today is a day of repentance and faith for some of you. Today is a day to deal with what you need to deal with. And I've kind of arranged this, this end time here for a time of prayer. I'm going to lead you through a time of prayer and perhaps you can put a finger on maybe something in your life that you need to turn over to the Lord and have him come and give you grace and forgiveness and power to address something you may have been neglecting. So let's just go ahead and bow our heads. I'm going to go to this time of prayer. And as we settle in, just first acknowledge right now, right now, just acknowledge that God is sovereign and that he is holy and also acknowledge that he loves and cares for you. And go ahead and take this time and name where you've been complacent. Maybe it's issues of purity. Maybe you're not dealing with marriage problems. Maybe you're not loving kids. Maybe you're ignoring your relationship, financially irresponsible, lazy with your body, wasting your time, reckless with your words, out of control, dreaming and fantasies, maybe a bad attitude. Just right now, name where you have been complacent. Now ask God for forgiveness. Ask him for forgiveness through the finished work of Christ. Ask him for forgiveness and grace and power to turn away from complacency to the path of wisdom. Ask him for forgiveness and may you feel the freedom of forgiveness in the cross and resurrection of Jesus. Go ahead, ask for forgiveness.
Now take some time and ask God for wisdom on what you're supposed to do next. What is the first thing you need to do in addressing this issue when you leave this place? Do you need to call someone and reconcile? Do you need to tell your spouse that you want to work on stuff? Do you need to write someone an email? Maybe you need to get an accountability partner. Maybe you need to get in a small group for help or support. Maybe you need to tell someone about Jesus that you've been putting off. Maybe you need to spend some time with the Lord in prayer and the word. Ask God to show you what you need to do today to move from complacency to wisdom. Ask God for wisdom what to do next. Lord, we are your people. We have regrets. We have big regrets. But where those regrets are from the past, we have big forgiveness in Jesus. Help us not to fall into the same holes and pits and patterns we have in the past. Help us to move forward by taking risk of faith, by seeking your face in prayer. Sometimes we used to pray so much in the past, Lord, may we pray again. May we not become complacent and settle in because this world is not our home and ask that you would stir us up to walk in the grace of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. By God's Meanwhile, word. have a blessed day as you walk along the way 